name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Yesterday I went to the Swan Island Dahlia Festival. Which I like flowers, but Presbyteria especially loves dahlias. Well, when we got there, there's this amazing field of all the colors of the rainbow. So many variants, so many variations of color. We have some dahlias up here, actually. For those of you who are flower gardeners, you know this is the season of dahlias right now. You see them in the store. Just all this diversity and all of these beautiful colors out in the field. It's kind of the season of festivals here in Oregon. You have all the hops festival and the this festival and the that festival going on because Oregon is farming land. This is the great fertile land that the Americans, the early Americans came all the way across the country for this land here. So there's a lot of bounty in Oregon. If you're a gardener, then you know, you swap your stories with fellow gardeners right now. How are your tomatoes doing? How are the cucumbers? This kind of thing. Or if you have a neighbor who's very good at gardening, then you get to receive that bounty because they come knocking on your door saying, here, have some of my vegetables. But this is not just an Oregon thing. This is a microcosm of the bounty of the entire earth. Everywhere on the earth, we have this immense bounty that occurs. This is the harvest season is a universal experience. And though we are no longer agrarian, we still see and experience that in different ways in this modern life through festivals instead of by the, the work of our own hands and in our own farm. And even la just last month, we had the Feast of the Transfiguration. We have the blessing of the grapes, which is reminding us to give thanks to God for the blessings that he has bestowed upon us with the bounty of the earth. Of course, many of us don't grow grapes now, but we still have that memory of that off offering back to God of the bounty that he's given to us. Each year, the entire world undulates with all of this bounty contracts in winter and then it explodes all through spring and summertime and fall. And if you think of this upon the entire earth, this is happening. But then even, that's just our hemisphere. So what's happening is while our part of the world is going slowly into fall and into winter, the other half of the earth is exploding with life. Things are in the, their springtime, although it's fall, and in their summertime, which is winter. And so all the time throughout the world, there's this bounty that is coming upon the earth. And all of this you can imagine as the hand of God moving north to south across the globe, spreading this bounty. And not just in plant life, but in animal life. These seasons of when we see the, the ducklings and the goslings, and then they grow bigger and bigger, and you know they're going to make the big migration if they're geese. All of this repeating itself each and every year. Even though we lament the lack of seasonality with food, we say, well, there's apples in the store all year round. We might think that that's like a triumph of technology that you can transport apples up from Chile or wherever else. But it's actually still couldn't happen except that God has made it that that other part of the world is bountiful. We can't invent the seasons. We can't change the seasons. And so because we can now transport things, we can take the bounty from another part of the earth and bring it to this part of the earth. We know that God himself is the source of this bounty. He is the source of life. 
He says he is the life. Or more succinctly, he said, I am. When he says, I am, this is a very profound statement. It means that existence, being, comes from him. We don't exist except that God created us. The plants of the world and the animals of the world and the planets themselves don't exist except God, who is being, brought them into being. He's the source of life and of all bounty. And so when we see in the beautiful world around us these things like a field full of dahlias and all the different colors, we have to see their source is from the source. This one place that is the expression of bounty. In fact, creation, rightly understood, is the expression of the love of God. God, in his love within the Trinity, it's a love that creates. And out of that love created all of the world, all of the, the cosmos, the entire universe. Everything in life is towards bounty because everything is from the source of bounty. You know, we think that we have a huge effect upon the earth, and we do, don't get me wrong. But if you've ever seen an abandoned house or an abandoned town or even an abandoned car, how quickly in the course of the history of life those things just disintegrate and disappear. And what happens? They're overtaken by life. This dead thing, a house that people no longer live in, is just completely covered over by life. First by what we might call weeds, and then bigger bushes, and then trees, until the things of the house are totally gone. And sometimes all you see left is a stone chimney. That might last another hundred years before that too turns into rock again. So the things of humanity still are overtaken by life again and again and again. The whole world is moving towards life, if we understand that, if we have the eyes to see that. Even you think of like a, a fruit tree where it gets dormant in winter. What's happening in winter? The whole tree is getting ready. It's reaching down into its roots so that in springtime, what will happen? Boom! The buds will come out, and they come out so quickly. You look one day, and suddenly the tree is just bursting with all these little baby leaves. And they grow and grow and grow. So even in wintertime, even in times when we think there isn't growth, it's still moving towards growth. So I didn't want to make this long uh, homily about the beauty of the earth. This has to relate to us. How are we in this? Because we, being human, have a distinction, but at the same time, we're a part of the created world. We, too, have this movement towards life and towards bounty towards things expanding and growing. We may not always see that, but we are the image of God, and he is an abundant God, and so everything that we do is towards bounty. Our own lives mirror this movement towards life, though it might not be as obvious. In times of joy and plentifulness, of children or of marriage, or of these other things that are so clearly bounty, we might see that. But it's not as true in the winters of our lives. We don't see that as much. And we each go through different winters, whether those winters last for days or weeks or months or even years. 
We have times in our life when things seem to not be producing, not coming to fruition. Two weeks ago, I mentioned that um, famous line from St. Paul in his epistle to the Romans, all things work to good that though, for those who love God. All things work to good. And I talked then about how even the evil work that the evil one is doing, God undoes that and transfigures it and makes it into good. But there's another corollary from what St. Paul is saying there when he says all things work to good, or you could say towards bounty, towards life, for those who love God. That other thing that we could understand is that our dry and fruitless seasons are not. There are no dry and fruitless seasons. Now there's the experience of dryness, of fruitlessness, don't get me wrong about that. Times of deep depression, times of great struggle. But these still are not fruitless seasons. And this is the hope that we can have from what St. Paul is saying there. There's never a season when things are meaningless, when things are stagnant, even if it feels like they are. Everything is moving towards life, towards fullness. Now, how is this so in our lives? Because every single struggle that we come through results in something. Whether we see the result, sometimes we don't. But many times, even for those of you who have more decades of your life behind you than ahead of you, you can look back at those times and say, wow, that huge struggle, I know this is what came out of that. This is how things were multiplied in my life. They became bountiful. And then we have other things in our lives where we might not see the fruit of that. Even the fruit in our children and our children's children, we won't see it. So sometimes in our weakness, we lose hope. And we think, what is the point of this? Why is this going on? Why must this happen to my loved one? Because we forget that everything is moving towards bounty. And I promise you that. Why? Because God is the one that created this world. And he is a God of bounty. He is a God that will multiply and multiply and multiply. And the world is just an expression of that attribute of God himself. In the nativity of the Theotokos, which we just celebrated, and we are now celebrating the leave-taking today, the nativity of the Theotokos, one of the hymns that was repeated many times, in it it says, from a fruitless root, he raised for us a life-bearing plant, his mother. Now we know the story of Joachim and Anna, the mother and father of Mary. They were barren for many decades, barren to the point that, that Joachim was chastised in the temple for his barrenness. And God, from their fruitless root, raised a life-bearing plant, his mother. This theme repeats itself so many times in the world. Yes, in the, the, the Bible, how many barren people there were, Abraham and Sarah, uh, Zacharias and Elizabeth, so many that had barrenness, and then God overcame that even in a miraculous way. And some of them were there were way beyond childbearing age. Remember that Sarah, when she found out that they were going to have a son, she laughed because she's, she knew she was so old, too old to have a child impossible. But God does this again and again and again, where he takes something that seems like it has nothing left in it, no life in it at all, and boom, 
make something fruitful out of that. It also says in another hymn that she is the blossoming rod of Aaron. That's another example in the Old Testament. This rod, a dead branch, starts blossoming. And we see these miracles in our lives today. Everything moves towards life. Indeed, there are moments in our life where the greatest joy, the greatest harvest, season of harvest, if you will, are sacramental. You think of birth, of baptism, of marriage, the multiplying of that, and even, I suggest to you, of the funeral. That the fullness of a person's life is right there. All the people that are there at the funeral service and also seeing the fulfillment that now that person is having their last and person is having their last and final birth. Because it's their birth into eternal life. They were born into the physical life. They were born into the church at baptism. And then they're born into eternal life. We do have seasons of great difficulty, the, those winter times, the prunings, if you will, times when we see in our life that this is a great struggle, but I'm coming through that and something is coming out of it. Even in the course of our entire life, this is what the later years in life are. It's a pruning. It's a stripping away, a focusing. For those of you who experience that, either with your relatives or maybe with yourself, where you see first it starts with little physical ailments, things just don't quite heal themselves, then ways in which your life becomes smaller. Maybe you can no longer drive, and ways in which your life becomes smaller. Maybe you can no longer rely upon yourself. Maybe you have to rely upon others. This is a way in which God is bringing people through a brief winter before they enter into eternal life. It can be a hard winter, no doubt. But it is a time which God is stripping everything away so that he can bring more fruitfulness. So that the person can grow out of that. Look around you. We're a body of Christ. And as a body of Christ, we're all in different seasons. And the people around you, you don't know what season that they're in. But I promise you, there are people here who are in the deepest, coldest, darkest winter. And there are people here who are experiencing great joy. And the beautiful thing is that we're united together. St. Paul also in Romans, he says, Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind, same phronima is the word in Greek, toward one another. St. Paul says this because while we're all in different seasons, we can all share in that and carry that together. And this will make those difficult seasons lighter and the joyful seasons more joyful. Last weekend I had two weddings and at one of the weddings another priest who was with us gave a brief homily and he talked about the root of the Greek word sizigos, which is spouse. It's the ancient Greek word. It has to do with being yoked together. And he said that being yoked together in marriage, you have twice the joy and half of the sorrows. But this is not just true in marriage. This is true in our families, and especially this is true within the church. This is what St. Paul is saying. When we rejoice with those who rejoice, what's happening? We're multiplying their rejoicing. 
And we, who didn't have a particular reason for joy, we now have joy. The bounty that comes out of that. And likewise with the sorrows. When we sorrow with someone else, we're carrying it with them. So that they don't have to carry it themselves. In our parish, in the broad history of the life of our parish, it has had seasons of bounty and seasons of wintering. Our parish started with six families and has had plenty of seasons of struggles, but we now have many more than six families here. And by God's grace, we will continue to have a bounty. But we're also at this crucial juncture in which we're looking to move to a permanent property that our church might expand and grow, even by having more acreage it's expanding. But this is a key time, and it's a time that requires much prayer, because we know that we desire to move towards fullness, and inasmuch as we unite ourselves with God, we will take part in that fullness. As a last point to drive home the sense of fullness of all things, think of the cross. Today is the Sunday before the Holy Cross. And on Tuesday, we'll celebrate this great feast of the elevation of the cross. It's the ultimate sign of abundance in life. This horrendous form of torture, a dead piece of wood, as the hymns talk about it, they talk about this great paradox. In the Garden of Eden, what happened? A, a live tree gave death. And what happens on Golgotha? A dead tree gives fruit of life. God has taken something that is these dead timbers that were nailed together to kill someone, and he's taken that and made that into the greatest place of fruit that we can receive, that we can now receive the body and blood of Christ because he died on this fruitless tree. Everything of God is bounty. Everything of God is moving towards life. And we, my brothers and sisters, no matter how dry our lives may feel, moment that we're in it's moving towards life so let's join in that and find joy in that and consolation amen